God sent Jesus to the world not to make us worthy of his love, but because we are worthy of it. We do deserve God's love. Everyone does. Welcome to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. This is episode 115. Christmas means everyone is worthy of God's love. You're listening to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. I'm James Early, your host, and this is the place to be to rediscover the original Christianity of Jesus. Each week, we talk about how Jesus wanted us to think and act and pray and live our daily lives. And we dig down into the mindset of Jesus to discover how we can think and act like he did. The goal is to experience more of Jesus' promise that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Hey there, and welcome again to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. I am so grateful that you're here listening today. I appreciate it so much. And as you're listening, please think of someone who might really appreciate and enjoy today's message. Christmas is just a few days away, and the more I've thought about it, to me, one of the things that Christmas stands for is that everyone is worthy of God's love. It's not enough just to say the words, God loves you or God loves me. God's love needs to be felt. Now, I know some Christians get all bent out of shape when you talk about the word feel or feelings, but I'm not talking about feelings just on an emotional level. I'm not talking about feeling that God loves you, but actually experiencing God's love in a way that you do feel it. A number of years ago, I was trying to help a lady I met in the lobby of a busy office building. She was distraught and causing quite a scene. I went over to try and comfort her. I listened to her tale of woe for a few minutes, and then, with all my heart, told her that God loved her. When she heard those words, she emphatically denied that it could be possible for God to love her. She started to list all the reasons why God would never love her. Basically, she felt unworthy of God's love because of things that she had done. She had been told that God only loved her if she was good. She had been taught that she was not worthy of God's love unless she always did what was right. And she had made some big mistakes in her life. I tried to explain that God did love her even if she had made mistakes that God would forgive her for whatever she had done wrong. I tried over and over to find a way to comfort her, but she would not budge from her self-talk of unworthiness. The more we talked, the more I realized she was not just crying and distraught. She had been drinking a bit too much and was starting to get belligerent. A man from security came to get her, either to behave or to leave. Well, she refused to leave, so the security guy called the police. When they showed up, the lady went with them reluctantly but willingly. 
The security guard felt like the whole problem was taken care of. A drunk woman who was causing a problem was no longer in his building. He didn't give it another thought. I couldn't get that woman out of my mind. I kept wondering what I could have said or done to help her understand and feel God's love for her. If I had had more time with her, maybe I could have reached her. But maybe not. I'll never know. There was then, and there is now, no doubt in my mind that God loved and still loves that woman. The problem was, she didn't feel it. All my efforts to comfort her with the idea that God loved her were completely useless. Now, years later, I realize it was her negative view of her worth that kept her from accepting the possibility that God loved her and opening her heart to actually feel that love. Instead of trying to convince her God loved her, it might have been more effective to deal with her lack of self-worth. But I was really not mature enough spiritually at the time to see that. If someone has nailed a board on the outside of their window, it doesn't matter how many times the sun shines on that window, the light will not get through. Saying to that person that the sun is shining does not get sunshine into the room. The board has to be removed. Just telling someone God loves them does not automatically make them feel this love, however heartfelt and sincere your comment is. To feel God's love, the obstruction has to be taken away. God always loves us. God always loves everyone. But if we have nailed a board of negative self-worth over the window of our heart, it's no surprise we don't always feel God's love. Now, I realize there could be lots of things we think and do that obstruct the sunshine of God's love from coming into our hearts. But I'm going to focus mostly on this lack of self-worth that so often keeps us from believing we are worthy of God's love. I know Christians who admit almost with awe that they are unworthy of God's love, but because they now believe in Jesus and their sins are forgiven, they are able to receive God's love freely. They rejoice in this love, but for some reason, they still feel they're not worthy of it. They believe in a theology which has taught them they are born in sin and unworthy of God's love by nature, that they don't deserve God's love, that they can't earn God's love. And that's what's so amazing to them that God loves them anyway, and they rejoice in that. I can see where they're coming from here. They realize there's nothing they can do to make themselves worthy of God's love, but then they don't see their inherent worth as a child of God, sometimes even after they have accepted Christ into their lives. I certainly agree that we can't do anything to earn God's love. If God's love needs to be earned, then it's not really love. It's conditional. However, I disagree that we are unworthy of God's love, and he loves us anyway. Jesus' life, his ministry, and his teachings prove over and over how worthy we are in God's eyes of being loved, even before 
we have made a commitment to follow Christ. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus sets the standard for the way we are to love based on the way God loves everyone. I'm sure you're familiar with this passage from Matthew chapter 5, but it's important to read this in the light of everyone's worthiness of God's love. This is Matthew 5, 43-48. Jesus says, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, Love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? Therefore, you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. In this passage, Jesus is teaching us how to love by showing us how our Heavenly Father loves. God loves us unconditionally, regardless of whether we're saints or sinners. How does Jesus show that sinners are worthy of God's love? Well, he has dinner with them. He talks to them. He tells them God loves them. He forgives them. He heals them. Jesus saw the inherent worth in everyone he ministered to. If they weren't worthy of God's love, he wouldn't have spent any time with them. People who don't believe they are worthy of God's love, but grateful that God loves them anyway, have not seen how precious they are in God's eyes and cannot experience the fullness of God's love. It's kind of like they say a rough, uncut diamond has no worth until it has been cut and polished. This is just not true. But this doesn't just happen today. The same thing happened in the Bible. People did not feel they were worthy, even though they were. Look at John the Baptist, for example. He said in Matthew 3.11, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. John believed he wasn't worthy of the task God appointed him to do, and yet God considered him worthy to complete it because that's what he appointed John to do. John was worthy of much more than carrying Jesus' sandals. He prepared the way for Jesus' ministry in the hearts of the people, and yet he did not feel this worthiness. Another person who didn't think of himself to be worthy was the centurion who came to Jesus to heal his servant. This is in Matthew 8, 8. The centurion said to Jesus, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. This man, who was not Jewish, had heard the Jewish religious leaders talk about what made someone worthy in God's eyes. It was all about obeying the various laws and commandments. 
It was a fact that Gentiles were not worthy in God's eyes, and Jews were not even supposed to go into their homes. No wonder the centurion did not feel worthy. He didn't match up to the Jewish leaders' expectations of what worthiness was all about. But Jesus turned all that religious doctrine of who was worthy upside down. He saw the worthiness of the centurion. In fact, Jesus delighted in his faith and trust. Jesus also saw the value, the worth, of the servant and healed him on the spot. If either the centurion or his servant had been unworthy of God's love, Jesus wouldn't have given them the time of day. But Jesus saw their worth and responded to it. They were just as worthy of God's love and God's healing power as anyone else was. Every person on this planet is worthy of God's love. It's true, none of us can do anything to earn it, and we can't do anything to get rid of it either. One of the first Bible verses I memorized as a child was John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That means all the people in the world, past, present, and future. God values all his children. He sees our worth as his children so clearly that he sent Christ to show us the way of salvation. God sent Jesus to the world not to make us worthy of his love, but because we are worthy of it. We do deserve God's love. Everyone does. And that's what Christmas is all about. Our worth in God's eyes. His infinite, ceaseless, unbounded, and unconditional love for us. Are you willing to accept this unearned love of God that sees your worth? Are you willing to admit you have inherent, innate worth as a child of God? If not, you cannot experience the fullness of God's love for you. You cannot embrace the full gift of Christ in your life. And you will not be able to see the worth of others or love them the way Jesus expects us to love. This Christmas, please earnestly embrace the idea that you are worthy of God's love. It's not based on anything you have done. It's not based on what you believe or don't believe. It's not based on where you live or any other external factor you define your life by. You are worthy of God's love simply because you are a child of God, created in the divine image and likeness. And so is everyone else on this planet. Can you see others in this light? The more you see everyone you come in contact with as worthy of God's love, the more you will love them, and the more they will begin to experience their worth in God's eyes. My Christmas prayer for you is that you bear witness to and cherish your worth in God's eyes and that you see others in this light. And see if you can help at least one person this Christmas season feel their worthiness of God's love for them.
Thanks so much for listening today. I really appreciate you being here. And if you know someone who would appreciate the ideas in this episode, please share it with them. It might make all the difference in their lives. If you're new to the Bible Speaks to You podcast and haven't subscribed to my email notification list, I encourage you to do so. Go to thebiblespeakstoyou.com and click on the subscribe tab in the menu bar. Fill out your name and email and you're all set and you'll never miss an episode. And of course, you can always listen to the podcast on any of the podcast apps on your phone or device. As always, I'll have the scriptural references that I mentioned in today's episode in the show notes. You can find those at thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 115. This is episode 115. And something else you may have noticed recently with the show notes, I'm now pretty much transcribing the podcast episode on the show notes page. So if you prefer to read the ideas in this episode, you can see them pretty much word for word in the show notes page. That's it for this week. I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Christ-filled Christmas season. Thanks so much for listening. I'm James Early with the Bible Speaks to You podcast. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. God bless. God bless.